The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Maybe you're looking to check out the Texans and Titans game in Nashville, and Nashville's always a good time. You fire up the Game Time app just minutes before the game, watch the prices drop, check out the panoramic seat view, and then it is two taps. Those tickets are yours. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Game on, everybody. It is the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Beanie, Brad Ziegler. Getting ready for week 15. It's playoffs. Come on, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Yay! Win, win cheese. Yay! Oh, we were mocking Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> we were. Brad wasn't we were. so much. You all were. I was no. not. Yeah, Brad, <laughs> In case he's listening. <laughs> no. We love Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, uh, we got to go find out. I know. Hey, Brad, tweet it out if you can. I want to see this. Apparently, when he gets fired up and cheering the team on his voice goes away and so that's gonna be interesting to hear but hopefully you're not going away even if you're at the playoffs even so you get some entertainment out of this and check out everything at theathletic.com slash the throwback we'll get you 40 percent off so there's really no excuse to go follow your favorite teams and riders and look fantasy football is almost over but you still have fantasy baseball coming back around next year basketball hockey is going on right now Chris is involved with the fantasy hockey and doing a podcast with Eric Young, the wrestler, which is good times. Also, very avid hockey fan. He's not just a wrestler. I think at this point, he's probably more hockey than he is wrestler. <laughs> but in any case, you guys ready for week 15? Real quick, how many of your leagues are you guys still? I don't You have to give me the number that you're in, and then I made it if you want, Chris, or you can just say your percentage or how are you looking in your playoffs, basically? I got, question short. yeah, I got six <laughs> matchups. So I got six semis. I just want to win one. You're in 27 <laughs> leagues. You suck. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm in a good like 12 to 13, right, roughly that I that I care about. So about half of them. I'll tell you about mine too. You're, you're, I'm not gonna go ahead. So Brad. yeah, that's about it. I got half of them, and I I just really want to. There's there's always one that you want to win, and it's um it's my home dynasty league that that I want to take. Most down, of the time, so it we'll is see. your home league. Yeah, for sure. For us, with all your buddies, you just want to beat them all. Yeah, that was the one that I I. Uh, Got knocked out this week, and so, um, but I'll, I'm in a couple dynasty leagues, um, a dynasty league and a contract league that I'm in the semis, but I had, I had first round buys in both those leagues. Um, that's it for me, other, other than, you know, keeping an eye on the best balls. I got beat out of Scott Fishbowl, um, in the first round of the playoffs, and, um, or at least I'm assuming I did. I can't figure out the standings <laughs> in that, but, but I had a really <laughs> bad, really bad week. I, so. I'm not even sure Scott knows what they are. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I actually it was it was a frustrating I didn't even make week for me in week fourteen. 
I lost, as what seems to be the case, for anybody out there, if you want to know which two quarterbacks not to get together or just having a super flex or anything like that, just find out who I'm drafting in Scott Fishbowl every single year. It's just that's my quarterbacks go down year and year and year. And like Cam Newton this year, I I forget who the other one was a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys remember when Andrew Luck, the first injury, when he got hurt like in the beginning of the season before the season even started. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had him that year too and lost somebody. Else. Like just don't. I'll tell you my quarterbacks from now on. I'm actually yeah. I answer this luck question. Was my, luck was my fourth round pick in Scott Fishbowl, and then yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I had luck. I had luck yeah. and Cam Newton in that draft. It was a super flex. Yeah, I, I had, had luck and Cam Newton. I had Cam too. Yeah. Once you lose somebody like that in in that kind of format, and both of them. Yeah, you're just. Not... I was starting Jacoby Brissett, and I forget who else most of the season. Not that it was that bad. I was put it this way: Dwayne Haskins was lingering on my roster just in case I ever needed a second quarterback. <laughs> Oh, it's Fitzpatrick. I was starting a lot of Brissett and Fitzpatrick. Anyway, uh, no, I'm actually, this is probably my worst finish. Despite, so I have 13 leagues. I missed three playoffs. Scott Fishbowl was one of them. I missed the going deep with Mike Clay's league, but that one is ridiculously deep. I also had Antonio Brown, Damian Williams, and James Conner in that league. So that, that went well. Uh, and I actually had a very similar trio of Damian Connor and Adams in the CBS league, which was supposed to just be a mock draft, but we ended up playing it out anyway. But those three, again, like I did my best. It's just, there was no overcoming that in that kind of league. So, but, and then I don't know about you guys, but week 14, everybody's like, Oh, this is such a bloodbath. I think people are forgetting week 14 last year was the same thing. Week 14 last year is when Todd Gurley went down, when all these other running backs didn't live up to what they were supposed to do, and Derrick Henry was off running for four touchdowns. Like, if people forgot, week 14 for the past two seasons now has been pretty miserable for people. Yeah, there's always seems, there seems to be one guy, like CJ Anderson popped up out of nowhere. We talked about Damian Williams, and he, he won championships. You wonder what kind of effect we joked last, on, on the show on Monday about DeAndre Washington. Patrick Laird was a guy that I had to play in, in a league last week in a full point PPR and he outscored a lot of big time running backs last week. So it's, it's always a little weird at this time of the year. I'm just looking at my Scott Fishbowl. I was out a long time ago. I drafted <laughs> Antonio Brown on this squad, uh, Cam Newton and you know, it, it started, Brown too. I felt like I started off okay. Like David Johnson was great in this setting early on and then he went away. I had James Connor. He was no good either. So yeah, there was, <laughs> it was gone. My best pick was Devontae Parker. But other than that, there's looking at this team right now. There's a lot of scrubs on it. Yikes! Yeah, and I I had my my two. I was looking at our guillotine league, um, and my starting two quarterbacks in that one. You were talking about this a second ago, Jake. My starting two quarterbacks in that one were Ben Roethlisberger and Marcus Mariota. So one of them gets benched, no. one of them Ouch. gets hurt week one, and <laughs> I was it was super flex. I had I mean I had no one left on it was a seventeen team <laughs> draft like there's nobody left on the waiver wire. Still bummed I got knocked out of that. What a great format. We got to uh, try that one again next year. At Scott Fishbowl, I was dominating for a little while because I did the, I pulled the Travis Kelsey Hunter Henry Ooh, draft. Nice. Ooh, nice. And yeah, it's I, I had premium. Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, and Mark Andrews, and Ooh. Was just cruising. I had McCaffrey. I had. Yeah, I picked up and apparently Mark Andrews is going to be fine. Yeah, Just, hopefully he plays this week because I, I definitely need him. <laughs> well, so let's jump into that. Uh, with the that's the Thursday night game, Jets at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson sounds like he's going to play through an injury. Mark Andrews sounds like he's going to play through an injury. Uh, we know Marquise Brown has basically been injured the entire year. And backfield is the only thing can really trust and kind of one guy. Like, is there really like? Are you going to try and avoid Mark Andrews if you can, Brad? Like I know, like you're saying, you can't. You like you need him, but I mean, if you are out there and you know waivers, you know maybe you can go pick up. Uh, let's say he's just still sitting out there, like a Janu Smith 
or oh, even if hey, somebody dropped David, de- dropped David and Joku, like those kind. Would you do that, or are you going to roll Mark Andrews out even less than one hundred percent? Um, I I'll, I'll roll Andrews if he's if he plays. Um, I like the matchup against the Jets, but if if he doesn't play, then my inclination is to go and pick up either, you know like a either Nick Boyle or uh, Hayden Hurst and and just stay with the Baltimore matchup and. You know, if, if Ian Thomas is out there, fine. But I can't imagine him being out there at this point after waivers ran Tuesday night. So, um, if, no, there's a if, lot of teams that are not playing. Yeah, they don't even bother that to grab somebody. That, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. If I mean, if he's out there, yeah, I'd rather have Ian Thomas than than anybody else. But I, I'm sticking with Andrews. Just I like the Ravens matchups the next couple of weeks. Um, that's he's been really good. He's definitely a red zone threat. Um, I, I trust Lamar Jackson a whole lot more than I trust Kyle Allen. So. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm inclined at least to, to roll Andrews out there as long as he's active. Yeah, Ian Thomas, his ownership is only 2% in Yahoo leagues. And Jake, you're right. I mean, this time of the year, you're either in a pinch and you're grabbing him or everybody is eliminated. So he's, he's probably available for sure. I think I'd rather go that way or maybe even a Higby who, who's shown up in back to back weeks now. It just, it wasn't just Arizona against Seattle. I mean, he had 11 targets, seven grabs again and over 100 yards. He's got at least seven catches and 100 yards in back to back games. So there's a couple options out there. I don't think honestly I would roll the dice here with, with Andrews in, in, you know, unless like you're in Brad's situation, you have to do it. All right. So then on the flip side of this game, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I, I kind of feel like we have to. Like, I, I want to get into a discussion today, and maybe now is just the best. I was going to do it after this game, but Matt, maybe now is the best time to do it because let's talk Le'Veon Bell in this game. Like, so Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, I find it hard to trust either one of these. Like, that's just that's the quick version. Do you really want to start either one of them? Both you guys answer that question. Uh, no, I don't really want to start. Yeah, either of them. No. Nope, Same thing, either. Brad. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to Le'Veon Bell. And so on the uh, my All in Sports podcast that I had Welsh and Bogman on, and we did the twelve days of Christmas concern. Like, you out of the how many days out of the twelve days of Christmas are you concerned? So like, you know, ten lords, wait, ten ladies dancing, ten lords of leafy, eleven lords of leafy, whatever it is, like that type of stuff. We were just having fun with it. But the point was is because we always preach, and I'm talking to you two, like the industry was always preach and say, don't get cute at this time. You're overthinking it because it's the playoffs. People want to set their lineups on Monday night. And then they, you know, I told you about the question where the guy was like, should I offset Dak Prescott and bench Mike Evans for Randall Cobb? Obviously that was last week. But those type of things, people start overthinking. But I brought up this point, to you, and I'm going to bring the same one up to you guys, is at what point do we consider benching quote unquote studs that necessarily really haven't been studs this year? And I'm not talking Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks has long been droppable, let alone benchable. I'm talking about the guys like Le'Veon Bell who are hanging on by a thread at this point. Russell Wilson, who's been pretty awful the past four games. Tyler Lockett, who's also mm-hmm. been awful with them. You know, Le'Veon Bell in this conversation, we talked about Kamara on the Monday show, and I, I don't think you could ever bench Kamara, but with Chris, you know, with somebody like Le'Veon Bell, is it getting cute if you have the history of this season behind him to say, you know what, maybe I do bench him for Mostert because I'm I'm shooting for the ceiling and I'm in a you know a situation where I limped into the playoffs and I just lost Mike Evans or something like that. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, guys, just looking at other guys that I would probably start over him, like like for example, Joe Mixon has played pretty good. I know he's up against the Pats, but this is a guy who's played pretty good recently. And you, you can be in a situation where you have Bell and Lockett and you're just completely out. I mean, if you're playing in the semifinals and you have both of those guys, good on you. I mean, you've you've found a way 
way to to move on. Maybe you had a buy last week. Even with those guys is is pretty remarkable to think about. But yeah, I mean, a Joe Mixon, an Austin Eckler, a Mostart, uh, a Singletary. The, these are guys that I think that I would play over Love Bell at this point of the season. And it's not just that Bell hasn't even been all that efficient, but what am I really expecting from Bell? 10 to 12 carries? I mean, that's what he had 10 carries against Cincinnati the last time he played. He had 12 against Oakland. That's not good enough. I mean, he hasn't had 20 carries since week two. And, and I know he's complaining a little bit about he wants more touches and stuff like that, but he just hasn't been all that efficient. The line hasn't been great. He, he's not catching balls in New York like he did early on in the season and like he did when he was with Pittsburgh. So I don't think it's getting too cute to bench a guy like Bell. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Powell's just sprinkled in and gets, you know, 30% of the touches, and that's pretty annoying. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know that Powell's going to – I know Powell's banged up. He left last last game injured, so I don't know yeah. if he, you know, if he is, is even going to be Good. available to get him out but, of there. Um, I, <laughs> Go away. I personally <laughs> – I personally, it, it depends on the structure of your team, obviously, because right. if Bell is, say, your RB3 and your flex play, I think he's still usable then because he's getting, he's still getting, you know, he's averaging 20 touches a game. And I know that's dropped off a little bit, but he's still, you know, the last couple of weeks he's had, or the last couple of weeks he played 20, 17, 14, like it, it's fallen off a little bit, but there's not a lot of other guys out there that are going to give you the same volume. I don't like his matchups. I will say that at Baltimore and and against Pittsburgh at home, those are not good matchups down the stretch. But if he's your flex play, fine. If he's your RB2, I don't like that. Okay, so then let's continue with the Le'Veon Bell talk, and I'll bring up the other conversation I was having was Tyra Lockett, Odell Beckham, both of them. I mean, like two... Lockett's not touching my lineup at all. There's no See, way. See, that's what I'm saying. Is no like, chance. Are we now at the point where they're so far down that... They're not, so actually I'll throw in three. I'll add one more name to that. So Tyler Lockett, Odo Beckham, who I both have as mid-level wide receiver threes as of right now. And then Juju Smith-Schuster in his first game back. Like, these are all names. We're talking week one of the season and like, you're not getting all three because you can't draft all three because they're gone by the time you try to draft the third one. And now we're talking about you can bench all three of them in week 15, Brad. Yeah, I, I have them right where, where you do too. It's, um, I will say I love the Carolina matchup. Uh, for, you know, for, I, for Seattle, I think this is going to be a big week for Russell Wilson. He's going to come off a, a week where he threw basically, I think he has zero touchdowns, right? Like didn't, you know, it was just a very mediocre week and he's going to blow up this week. And I, and I think he's going to do it again week 16. So I'm actually okay playing Lockett. I know I, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about the way things have gone, but I, I just feel like the volume is going to turn around the next couple of weeks, especially with, with Penny out of there. They're not going to just run Carson into the ground knowing that, they still got a whole another six weeks of, 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 you know, potential, potential games to play, I guess. So, you know, through the playoffs. So, um, I think there's a really good chance they rely on Russ a lot more going forward and, and Lockett's going to just, you know, out of the, the sheer natural law of, of, you know, whatever the conservation of targets or whatever you want to call it. Like there, there's, there's something there to, that he's going to get some volume. Yeah, uh, I, again, I'm, I mean, it, it's, it's certainly all about context, so it's tough, so I'm trying to figure out a situation, but I mean, if I was a locket owner right now, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm looking elsewhere. I mean, that's fine. He, they may throw the ball a little bit more and not lean on Chris Carson. Russell Wilson could bounce back. It wouldn't surprise any of us, but I mean, Lockett's got, what, five catches in the last three weeks, and he hasn't topped 45 yards in four straight games, so it's just, and he's had some decent matchups too. I mean, one against Philadelphia where he had two targets and they came late in, in the game and one catch he had. So again, it's all about context, but I have him ranked 
outside of the top 30 for sure at the wide receiver position this week. But, I mean, the upside is there. I think at this point in the season, Jake, you just look at your opponent, right? I mean, who 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 are you up against? What kind of upside do they have? Are they rolling out a guy? Because there's been so many injuries. Are they rolling out of a Russell Gage this week because Calvin Ridley is gone? Like, okay, fine, then I'll play Tyler Lockett, right? But if they have, like, three studs, I'm looking for some safety and someone who I know is going to get seven to eight targets, and I just don't feel pretty feel all that confident that Lockett's going to do that. See, it's like four massive games. You don't care at all about that? No, I, I always take a look no, at my opponent. No, I don't look at my opponent because I don't want to, like, that's just, I don't want to get caught up in it. I'm just not, I'm not saying like, hey, you're stupid or anything like that. It's just, no, it's fine. I, I don't, don't think I am. I just evaluate my roster in and of itself. Like, if I'm looking at the fact that I want to try and, you know, I picked up DeAndre Washington, but I don't own James, or James Conner, I don't own Josh Jacobs and I can't wait for four o'clock. And now my choice is if Damian Williams plays, go with him or Bo Scarborough. I'll probably go Damian Williams. If my roster is in the shape where I evaluate my roster, do I need the ceiling play? Do I need to just go for it? Or is my squad good enough that, hey, it carries a Bo Scarborough who might just get me like nine points? And that's good because that's all I need. So that's where I'm saying, like, I, I don't look at my opponent and say, like, oh, I'm going to base it off this. or whatever. I just evaluate my, rest, my roster on its own. Brad, your boy Justin Watson going to score outscore Tyler Lockett this week. <laughs> That's fair. These and are the, available. These are the I, crazy I think... decisions that you could make. And is is that overthinking it at this point of the season? I don't know. I mean, it, it, I guess it depends on on if you expect Jameis to go out and do what he did last week, which I don't know. He's that doing can... all all year, he's been checking yeah, the ball forty five times can, against you know, the Lions. Touchdowns, whatever. He yeah, might not the, throw the five touchdowns, game. but he may throw the ball more than Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, and the volumes, the volumes definitely going to be there. There's no question about that because that's, I mean, that's how they have won games is when he's thrown the ball a ton. And yeah, they live with a couple interceptions because he also throws two, three, four, five touchdowns. So it's, I, I do think, I think Justin Watson's the number two in, in Tampa Bay the rest of the year. And I would rather have him in my lineup than OJ Howard. And I know OJ Howard's volume got ticked up a little bit with, with Mike Evans there, but Watson, the biggest thing Watson to me has that, um, a, a lot of other people do not is he's got no film on him. He hasn't, he hasn't played. So teams don't know how to, you know, how to cover him, how to take him out of a game outside of what he did a little bit last week. He's, he's really athletic. I, I think there's a really good chance that, that he ends up being their number two the rest of the way and, and potential league winner in that offense. I thought you were going to come back, Chris, because you asked the question. Uh, no, <laughs> I, no, I, I, I agree. I, again, at this time of the year, there's you, you can get caught up in making these kind of decisions, but I mean, you you may be out there, you may have to, you may have just lost Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley. You, those could have been your one and your two. So, and I think the difference that we're talking about here too is it's not getting cute, and it's not like oh, well, you know, like I said, I'm going to play his wide receiver because as somebody again asked me that this morning, he's like, you know. I, I'm facing somebody who has Baker Mayfield, and my decision is A.J. Brown or Odell Beckham. And he goes, do I play Odell Beckham because he has Baker? And I'm like, no. If you want to play Odell Beckham, you play Odell Beckham. Yeah. But the truth is, even Baker's good games have been without Odell Beckham. So if that happens, if he has a good game and, again, ignores Odell Beckham because he's playing with a hernia or whatever he's doing, it, you just doubly screwed yourself because you got the good game for Baker, but you also played the worst wide receiver. And I'm not – I think it's fair. Wouldn't we all agree at this point of the season, especially against the Texans, AJ Brown has now moved in front of Odell Beckham. Yes, I mean oh, I sure. have some. I have a couple of Beckham shares, and I'll be honest. I don't like. I'm not in the playoffs. So um, if you're in the playoffs with Beckham and you have that decision, yeah, I would agree. It's Brown yeah, at this see, point. And that's that's another one too. Like people, the proof again why you don't veto trades and people losing their damn minds. In my whole league, I traded uh, two people. 
and I'm trying to remember the second one. I'll think of it in a second and tell you, but it was for Odell Beckham. And, and honestly, it doesn't matter because if you had value and you traded for Odell Beckham, it was a good buy low, but hasn't paid off. I mean, there's no oh. question. It has not paid oh, off. I got like, so lucky with that. Be- I dealt, I dealt Beckham and I think Penny to a Carson owner weeks ago for, for Marvin Jones and Robert Woods. And I know Marvin Jones is done, but he had that three touchdown game. And, and I was a little hesitant dealing a name like Beckham and looking at that schedule. Um, and you know, I feel a little bad too because I was telling people out there go acquire him. As much as I traded him in a couple spots, I did acquire him in a couple spots. And oh, oh, yeah. I know we're doing a mock right now. You know, spoiler, you're gonna see it at the Athletics soon. Uh, but interesting to see, really. Like I, I had no interest in picking Beckham, and I, I try not to. I'm, try, I'm gonna try not to let recency bias be a thing next year. But I may have to fade him altogether, Jake, next year in drafts if he's gonna go late first round again. And, and just yeah, to see, give you an idea, the Browns are two and a half point favorites against a three win Arizona team right now. Like, I already hammered that, Cleveland. It seems weird. Yeah, it, it's, it feels like you no, it seems Cleveland, really at the same time. Like, do you, do you, I mean, they, <laughs> Vegas is usually not wrong. I know. You know, and it's, it's like, man, what is the deal here? Because it, you just step back and look at it and Cleveland is just really that bad. Yeah. Well, so on top of what I was going to say is just as another line, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Dallas Cowboys opened as multi-point favorites, and that got hammered so fast that it actually pushed back within the same day (laughs) to the Rams side of things, and I think that's deservable at this point. But, you know, this is why, by the way, the trade was Hunter Henry and Miles Sanders for Odell Beckham. You want to guess which I'd rather have as of today? (laughs) Not Odell Beckham. No, not Odell Beckham. (laughs) Even starting Hunter Henry Flex, please give me that trade back. Thank you. Uh, let's, let's, let's get back into some of these games for the Patriots side of things. It's what we've always known. Julian Edelman and a bunch of whatever happens at wide receiver. Don't mess with that. But, look, Sonny Michelle has been a disappointment this year. There's no other way to put it. However, backup running backs are worth playing against Cincinnati. Is this a Sonny Michelle just plug him in because of the matchup? And because of what, He's still on the field a good amount, Chris. So... Is Sonny Michelle RB2, or has it just been so much disappointment that even against the Bengals, you're still hesitant? Yeah, I'm still hesitant, but yeah, when I brought him up to you guys on Monday, I thought, again, another situation potentially where you could play this guy. I don't feel like New England is, is with everything that's going on, and we're on to Cincinnati and the Bengals, and I just don't feel like they're going to go in there and and blow them out. I don't think that they're going to win by 20-plus points, and that's the only way that I feel like Michelle will get a ton of run. I mean, you just look at the, at the game log, five carries, ten carries. He had a game against Dallas where he looked pretty good, 20 carries. Other than that, ten before that, four against Baltimore. So I just don't have a lot of confidence that this guy's going to get a heavy workload. I think that they're starting to turn the page with, with James White and Rex Burkhead and using both of those backs. So I think you have to be pretty desperate, flex at best, and it better be a half point because if it's a full point, I mean, a guy like Patrick Laird, I think, will outscore him this week. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, I'd rather have James White on my team than, than Sonny Michelle because it, and he even outcarried him last week, let alone the reception. So uh, I, I don't I don't know that it even matters that it's against the Bengals. I think there's a really good chance that, that Sonny Michelle still has a bad week. I've got him outside my top 30 running backs. So I'm not, you know, I, I don't even want to sniff in my lineup if I've got any alternatives. You're just hoping he scores a touchdown, right, Jake? I mean, are you, do you care about 15 for 45? I mean. No, you're pretty much, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's like you just, you're hope, you're chasing touchdowns, yeah. which is what we never want to do. But I mean, if there's an offense you want to do it with and a defense that you want to try it against, yeah. the only other defense probably better is the Carolina Panthers. But hey, guess what? Unfortunately, 
there's only one guy getting to face them. And I say yes, one guy, because I don't think Tra- CJ Procise or Travis Homer is getting too much involved. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Although, I will say this as a quick sidebar that you're this late into the playoffs. If Chris Carson were to get hurt, I go grab Travis Homer before I grab Procise. If you're just stashing random lottery tickets just because CJ Procise is CJ Procise, he's never going to be more than CJ Procise. Yeah, so, that's pretty Anyway, that's, that's a sidebar. Uh, the Eagle side of thing. John Ross. Look, Alex Erickson on the field, but essentially kind of a Cole Beasley type. Okay, give me my 50 yards and a few catches. Whoop-de-doo. But on the other side of it, John Ross, second game back, and Auden Tate is done. We know that Tyler Boyd's going to get the Gilmore, the majority of the defensive treatment, and the entire secondary is good, but how risky, or I guess, how not, not desperate's the right word, Brad, but, like, you know, where, what do you have to be feeling about to put John Ross into your lineup for Week 15? Uh, pretty desperate. And I, it's, 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 I mean, it's an awful matchup. Um, it's, you know, the, the Patriots have shut down everybody, and this is, these are the types of games where the Patriots have done their damage. It's it's against these bad teams. And, and you know, yes, Andy Dalton is better than, than what they ran out there the majority of the season. But I still don't trust Ross. Um, I don't want anybody outside of Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon off the Bengals in my lineup. And even then, I, I'm not – I don't have a, a ton of faith in them. The one thing I will say, Mixon has been a top five running back the last eight weeks or yes. since week eight. And, and it's – they're using him a little bit in the passing game. And he's running hard. And that's one thing I can appreciate because he, they've got nothing to play for right now. And he's still going out there and 23 carries, 146 yards at Cleveland, you know, 19, 18, 15, 30 carries the last few weeks. He's going to get the ball. And, and, you know, the, the, the Patriots defense has been exposed to the run a little bit at times this year too. So, um, I, I, I do think there's a really good chance that the Mixon has a good game. Yeah, I'll just reference again, hear that podcast growl, and I do it a couple times, and these guys are just, they're, they're so great, and this has been an interesting week to do it. They had audio from Bill Belichick at the conference call on yesterday, everything that's going on with Spygate too. But just looking into that team, I mean, they were on pace to set records for the fewest rushing yards a lot, or gained by a team. But ever since week eight, when they kind of turned things over to Ryan Finley and, and just changing the play calling is what you're talking about, Brad. I mean, Mixon is a guy that's getting, look at the carries, he's been 17, 30, 15, 18, 19, 23, some balls out of the backfield they're a top 10 rushing team since week eight in the nfl and their defense has been a lot better lately too i know they played some brutal teams and i think actually though i don't expect them to win this game and i know you're right the pats have beat up on these brutal teams but this is a defense that's been much better they played games tight and they had more they won the turnover game and they had over 100 yards more than Cleveland last week and they still found a way to lose that game which is pretty rare because on that show Jay Morrison said when you get over a hundred yards more than your opponent and you win the turnover game since 2007 teams are 220 zero and one and now it's 221 and one because the Bengals lost that game so it's pretty rare they've actually hung around in games so I'd like Mixon I like the call I, I won't go down the road with John Ross I think you do have to be desperate but again if we have some people listening right now they could be in deeper formats and looking for a play like that. And and I think, Jake, you're right to bring him up because Auden Tate is out. And although Ross didn't get a full workload last week, he was limited. He was on a pitch count, which was a little bit surprising. He still has that big blow-up potential. And if they're going to throw to somebody, then it's it may be him because you're right. I mean, boys, it's going to be locked down. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a concern there. So, all right, Buccaneers and the Lions. We have no more Marvin Jones. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, and just bummer. immediate shutdown. So, 
the volume, the opportunity, Kenny Galladay has to be in our lineups, right? And yes. the side question to that, does anybody consider playing Amendola? Because it is the Buccaneers. I mean, this is kind of like facing the Bengals or the Panthers run defense. It's like you want to take your shots here, but we still go back to David Blau at quarterback. So I would play Amendola over Ross. I think, you know, if, if we're just debating between the two, I think I would go with, I think I would go with Amendola there, but again, it is, it's pretty desperate, I think, Brad. Yeah, I, and I, like Jake did in a previous argument, I would go back to looking at the structure of your team and saying, do you need the, the guy with the high upside? Because that is definitely Ross in, in this comparison. Amendola's more the safe floor. He's probably going to get seven or eight catches and, and 50 yards. He, he might score two touchdowns. He also may not score any touchdowns, but he's probably going to get you the catches. And, but then, you know, Ross could also have the 150 yard two touchdown game too. So I think it just depends on the structure of your lineup. But yeah, I, I'm okay playing Amendola, even though, you know, uh, he's not, I mean, it's, it's not obviously not a great quarterback situation, but the, the Bucks can't stop anybody. It doesn't matter who's quarterback. And so, um, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about that because he showed us on Thanksgiving, he had a chance to, you know, to at least be good, throw make throw a couple deep balls down the field. The Bucks are just going to get shredded, and and that's what you kind of hope for that because you want to see the high scoring game in fantasy. And I think there's a really good chance that I mean they can't run the ball. That's they they can't run the ball <laughs> anyways, and they're not going to run the ball against Tampa. Right. So they're going to have to throw it. There's going to be you know he had 40 attempts last week, um, and there's a chance that I, I think that number climbs to 45 or 50 this week. All right, so on the Buccaneer side of things, we talked about it during the waiver show, but that was the wide receivers. I want to ask you guys both this question, Brad. Because Mike Evans is out, yes, Justin Watson, yes, Brashard Perriman, but if anybody watched that game, O.J. Howard got back involved. Can we trust O.J. Howard in Week 15 if you need a tight end? If you need one, I don't know that you can trust him, but you can run him out there. And I think you could run Cameron Bate out there too because I, I think without Evans there's a chance that they, they – run some two tight end sets or they, you know, they're alternating on the field. I mean, Braid had four for 30 and a touchdown last week too. And in the, the great landscape that tight All right, end well, is, I'll, I'll do what I did last night. How many 12 days out of Christmas would you feel comfortable with? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? Let's hear it. I don't like know. Like a one to 12. Like, no, just one to 12, your confidence factor in rolling out OJ Howard. Uh, five. I'll so give, um, um can I play? Can I play? I'll give uh seven. I Swans guess it's a tight end position. And, <laughs> um, yeah, just, oh, five, yeah, five golden yes, rings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm familiar with this song. With that. You guys saw. But yeah, I mean, you give me some <laughs> ahead of time so I can look at the lyrics. <laughs> no, you don't have to look at the I know, lyrics. I'm just I just kidding. want to know I'm, the number. I, I know. Just saying celebrate out of 12 in Canada. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Um yeah, OJ Howard, I think uh the matchup is real nice. I would play him. I feel I feel confident, I guess, at to a point of seven. It's not just last week though, Jake. It's been a couple weeks in a row now. Nine nine catches and eleven targets. And Bruce Arians, you said it best I think on Monday. I think Arians is forced anyways, whether he wants to or not, he's he's gonna be involved. Hmm. That's oh, OJ Howard, back to life. Back How about this, Brashad Perryman or Justin Watson? If you had to pick one, like pluck one off the waiver. Oh, well, that's what we said on the Monday show. I'm going Justin Watson. I don't think I'm of the stance that I don't think Perryman's role really changes. I think Watson steps into the Mike Evans. Although I don't want to start either one of them. I'm going to start Watson this week. Oh my goodness! But um, I agree. It's Watson. <laughs> oh my goodness! I hope it's Watson. Hey. I, we talked about it on, on Monday. I've got him on like 
15 best ball teams because I took him in the 20th round just thinking he might be there. So you're selfish is what you're telling us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's going to be super when, chalky when it comes to DFS, week, week 15 in fantasy, yeah, I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you should be talky, chalky in DFS. Jarvis Landry, how is he only still that price? I don't get it. Anyway, that's another show, another day. Bears at Packers. David Montgomery, can he get into your week 15 lineup, Chris? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a situation where I have no choice. I mean, I'm going to play this guy, and you well, know, I was I'm trying to give you a choice. I wasn't saying like you're here forced to play. Well, like I would play him um, <laughs> over some guys we talked about, like Sony Bo Michelle, Sony Michelle, Bo Scarborough. Yeah, hundred um, percent. As much as we've complained about, I guess this Marlon is why Mike. we've complained about Kamara and Bell is that David Montgomery is 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 right there. I mean, he's a top twenty running back in fantasy is as disappointing as he has been but I mean over the past few weeks 15 for 75 20 for 86 he's he's kind of like Michelle where you just hope that he he gets into the end zone and he can you know really give you a decent day but yeah I would play him over over those guys we talked about Marlon Mack um yeah I think I would play him over Marlon Mack too I mean you can run on the Packers they've given up some you know, a ton of fantasy points the fifth most fantasy points to backs and, and teams have dominated the line of scrimmage against them so yeah, I would play him. I think he's a low-end RB2. Brad? Ah, I don't know. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm contemplating that much. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like... Just just as a heads up, we can't see you contemplating on air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had my I had my finger and thumb wrapped around my chin. My chin like, uh. um, no, I, I mean, I don't know. I... Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna do it out of out of sheer volume. Um, I don't like the matchup. I don't like I I don't trust him. Um, I don't trust them to even do anything against New Orleans because I think New Orleans locks that locks down their defense after last week. They got embarrassed last week, and I think this is a they, it's a Monday night prime time in New Orleans. I I, I don't okay, want to run back Mac. out there. Yeah, yeah, but I. Yeah. Yeah, who who were you? Who would you ask? Me? I thought we were no, talking about Montgomery, not. but we switched over to Mac. Well, we were talking oh, about Montgomery, Montgomery okay. but yeah, I asked yeah. Montgomery versus Mac. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I, I don't want Montgomery, <laughs> um, but that's that's just because I I think the Bears have kind of turned a corner with their offense, and Trubisky's playing well. And I think the biggest key was they found Anthony Miller. It makes their team better when he's on the field more. It's so even if Taylor Gabriel comes back, I think Miller starts. I think Gabriel still like slides into kind of the the slot number three role, which is kind of what he's better at anyways. And I think Miller becomes uh, it, it, they've just become a lot better passing. Mitch Trubisky since week eight, top five quarterback in fantasy, which is ridiculous to say, but that they're not relying on the run game to win these games. Whenever you know, whenever they are winning the games, and they've been winning a lot. Okay, lately. so. Since you just kind of brought up the name, and let's the next game kind of correlates to this one, and talk about one specific thing, and ask you guys both the question, same question, quarterback: Would you start Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Tannehill? I would start Ryan Tannehill, and I don't care, call me crazy or not, but I would I would start Ryan Tannehill. I don't like the matchup against the Bears. I've seen it before with Aaron Rodgers going a couple back to the couple of years. I mean, you go back in the last few times he's played Chicago and he's played actually in this division against Minnesota and 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 things like that. So I mean, how many more excuses are we going to make for Ryan Tannehill? I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, he's been great all year. He's, he's leads the league in yards per attempt. He's right there with Breeze and completion percentage. We like Brown. We love the running back. 
it's opened up the offense. He's just been really good. They're playing at a, a, a much faster pace since Ryan Tannehill's been in there. They're playing a little bit of no huddle. I mean, the offense looks really good, and you just have to trust it at this point. I completely yeah. agree. I want nothing to do with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Um, he's, I mean, in reality, like he's been, he's been more volatile. I think I would venture to guess he's been more volatile than any quarterback this year. He's had a five touchdown game followed up with a three touchdown game. And then he went one zero one, the next three, then a four touchdown game, then back to one. And the one was against Washington. Like how do you only throw one touchdown in 195 yards against Washington? And they're not even close to the bears defense. So, um, and, and the bears are playing well right now. I don't want anything to do with Rogers. I've got him as my number 16 quarterback on the week. I definitely Ooh. am playing Taney Hill in, in that matchup. Yeah. He's been held to under 200 yards and, like three well, of his last five I got, games. I got another question then. Actually, you know what? Uh, hey, uh, Chris specifically, you know what we haven't done in a while and Brad hasn't ruined in a while? What's you that? Know, What's you that? You know what we haven't done and when we're trying to figure these kind of things out and Brad always jumps in and does it at the wrong time when he finally gets on board with it. We haven't made a list! Haha, I beat you. I don't want you to ruin it, Brad. I thought it was. No, I, I was, I zipped my mouth over here because I knew it was <laughs> I, I want to talk, let's talk Ryan Tannehill. So I have Ryan Tannehill at number six this week. And as with Sam Darnold, I'm fully expecting this to blow up in my face as soon as you, I jump on board that much. Uh, but here's the next one I want to ask you guys. Legitimate question. The last four games, four touchdowns, four interceptions, low completion percentage. Tyler Lockett's been doing nothing for him. You know, could be the fact that he's still not 100%. But do you roll into week 15 of Russell Wilson in Carolina or Ryan Tannehill home against the Texans, Chris? Ooh, yeah. I think I would go with... Okay, Macho Man. Yeah. <laughs> that was my best one. The, I didn't even know the wrestling guy. Just did that, just, just did that randomly. Um, I would go Russell. It's funny. I have these guys side by side. I have, I have Russell one spot ahead of Tano, so I would stick to my rankings. I would, I would play Russell Wilson in, in that spot. But, man, it is really close. Yeah. They're six man. and seven for me. I, I Who's six? I've got Wilson. Uh, Wilson six. But it's, it's freaking close. Like it's, you know, I, I have them when I, when I did like a, the statistical projection, I had them two tenths of a point difference. And at quarterback, that's, I mean, that's nothing. So, um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going quarterback, you just, breathe and get past that. Yeah. Right. There, you know, there's a, I will say there is a chance for Houston that, that this is a game where, or not, or against Houston where, um, Derrick Henry just trucks Houston like crazy. And he, because they get up and, and Houston is, is hurting on defense. They're not healthy. They've been embarrassed the last couple of weeks and they're on the road. I, I just don't think it's a good matchup for Houston's defense. Um, but I, I think that's the game flow is going to be pound Derrick Henry in the second half. And so Tannehill's volume is shut down a little bit. You know what the best thing about Derrick Henry is that the people can actually using benefit from him this year unlike last year where most people you're either not in the playoffs or then when you finally pick them back up you got like one good game instead of you missed out on the two others uh, the only thing is watch this injury make it go completely the opposite way we <laughs> trust Derrick Henry this year and it's gonna be like 20 yards out early it, Deion Lewis time. nobody could complain about Derrick Henry though I mean they got no, they, but if you have Henry you're at least fighting for a ship uh, yeah, and real quick, that made me think of this too, Chris. Uh, for everybody out there, for playoff advice in general, it's not just a don't get cute thing, but it's also there's only two weeks left. If you haven't gutted your bench and got handcuffs, yes, it's yes. Deion Lewis better be on somebody's team in the playoffs. I, I swear to God, if he's not, you, you're doing something. You're an idiot. Right. Uh, he needs to be on like those kind of guys need to be on somebody. And I'm not talking about forget the Giovanni Bernards. Like just the now it's just the high end handcuffs. Make sure you have yourself a backup quarterback. The people with Jameis Winston. Oh my God, I'm going to be able to trust him this week. You know he banged up his hand. I mean Russell Wilson. 
Jackson's been playing poorly. What if he got back? Like, just don't go in and have to go find your starting Eli Manning or Derek Carr next week. And then the other one is for you guys, and I'm sure you agree, start looking if you have spots, if you've done all that, and now you still have spots after that, Look at ways to block your opponent. Go look. This is where I will, Chris. I'll go look at my opponent and see what their need is or what they potentially left vulnerable and go prevent them from doing anything. Like if they have a crap defense and we're streaming every single week and I can go grab the top three defenses away from them and force them into a garbage one or like go grab a quarterback so they can't go grab a bat. Start blocking your opponent. There's only two weeks left. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um I've done that in a couple spots. I planned, you know, two weeks in advance here. Uh, I know the Bucks defense is not great, but I mean, I, I don't really care for Blau. So, I mean, I picked up Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago, just knowing that potentially that could be a, a defense that somebody picks up and did the same thing with DeAndre Washington this week. I mean, I'm not going to play him, but I just don't want my league to, to have a part of him. So yeah, you, it's a good call by you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fair. I, I agree. I, I'm all about grabbing other teams handcuffs. I mean, that, that league that I didn't make the playoffs, you know, my, my bench, uh, I was just pulling it up here. My bench was Gus Edwards, Latavius Murray, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, um, Bilal Powell. Like, that was my bench. I'm just grabbing every handcuff I could on the bench or even starters that might be on the bench, you know, on the waiver wire just to make sure that the other teams didn't have them. It wasn't, you know, I hope I never have to play those guys. Um, and now now I'm playing in a consolation bracket, so they I won't be playing them. But, <laughs> but it, it's, it's just the idea of, like, I, I didn't want them, someone else picking them up against me. And, right. and using them against me down the stretch. I had one league last year where five of my six bench spots were quarterbacks because my opponent <laughs> didn't make a plan. I, like I mean, that. I just I've been I, that I went and grabbed all of them. I was like, here, fine. I just pulled the way to say, you you go start Devlin Hodges in your championship game. Go on, yeah. have have fun with that. I'd love to go up against Devlin Hodges in the finals. Although, oh no, wait, who do the who do the Steelers it face doesn't next matter. week? Uh, yeah, it's at New York Jets. I mean, he could shock you. I mean, that could be like a, no chance. you know, you go grab all the quarterbacks and then he goes off. No chance. Speaking of which, just as a quick for everybody, also don't forget, next week, championship week, we have three Saturday games. No, no Thursday games. Saturday games next week. Reminder, everybody, including, and I was just looking because I was seeing who Tampa was playing and Tampa gets Texans in the first game that day. So that should be fun. Anyway, let's move on. Let's, uh, and I'm just going to start hitting like games as a whole in the main bullet point out of the game. The Broncos at Kansas City. We talked about it in the waiver column, but we do need to bring it back up just in case people don't listen to that show or people are just checking in now. Nothing has changed as of today. Let's say the argument, Brad, try, you know, I know it's your team. Try, just try to keep it concise. But <laughs> your, your options are this. Damian Williams is active. Damian Williams is not active. What are you doing? Uh, if Damian Williams is active, I'm playing him. Um, if he's not okay. active, I'm not touching the Chiefs backfield. At all? At all. I don't, I don't want McCoy. I don't want, because it's not a great matchup. The, the Broncos are really good. They're playing well right now and they're good against the run. Williams is used more in the passing game than the other guys and, and when he's on the field, he's been their best running back when he has played. I don't trust, I mean, last week, what, I mean, McCoy got like five carries or something like I, I don't. 11. Or 11. Yeah, okay. So it was 11. It was against the Patriots. Didn't do anything with him. What thirty, probably yeah, less nothing. than forty yards, right? Nothing. Yeah. So um, I think he had maybe one catch for it was just a little swing pass where he got three or four yards on it. And um, outside of that, I don't want I don't want anything to do with any of the running backs if he's not playing. Yeah, I think you just you stay the course. I, I agree with Brad. If Damian plays, you, you get him in there, but you, you stay the course of what we said all year. You just avoid this backfield. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything from the flip side of the ball? I mean, Denver is Denver. Move on from there. And so Miami at the Giants. Actually, yeah, this is an interesting one for both teams because on the one side, likely no Devontae Parker. So great matchup. Do you try to roll out anybody? Like, I'm talking anybody, Chris. I'm rolling out Patrick Laird. I'll let you know that right now. Yeah, Laird for sure. As a flex option. So throw him out. I think people know with Laird, but I'm talking about Albert Wilson, uh, Isaiah Ford, like, Hurts. if anybody's healthy, like, Alan Hearns, Mike Gesicki. Like, is there anybody in the passing game? And is Fitzpatrick potentially going to be a bust play because he he's running out of weapons? Yeah, he is running out of weapons. Um, you know, Kaseki's been it's been hot and cold with him. You know, I, I feel like any time we expect him to do something, last week against the Jets was 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 just a no go. And then you know against Philadelphia, we were kind of respecting their secondary, and then he just kind of ate them up. And then the week before that, he found the end zone too. So I think with Devontae Parker out, I believe that Gusecki will probably be Fitzpatrick's number one option. It could certainly be Alan Hearns. I had to play Alan Hearns last week in a half point setting. He got me ten points. If you can, you know, I, I feel like he could do that again against this Giants team. It's it's very possible. Uh, so those are the two guys I think Gusecki and Hearns. You're right. I think Laird is is locked in as a you know at least a solid flex play in a in a full point PPR league. But um, yeah, I mean it is the Giants after all, right? I mean Hearns could probably get <laughs> nine, ten targets. Alan Hearns, playoff savior. <laughs> Imagine, Brad? yeah. Uh, so I I don't know how it's going to shake out. I'm going to go um, away from Hearns when it comes to the Dolphins, and I'm going to. Oh, I'm going to go Isaiah Ford. Um, <laughs> really? And it's, yeah, it, it, out of those two at least. Um, he was, he had nine targets, six catches, 92 yards last week. There was, there seemed to be some connection there and it might have been, you know, when Fitzpatrick was the backup. Maybe he was running, you know, with this guy as the, you know, as on the, on the second team or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the connection might be, but I just like the, the fact that he was getting looked at a lot last week. Led the team in targets. Um, you know, Hearns, Hearns was okay, but they were shorter routes. Um, and, and Ford, I mean, I don't know. I like it, Brad. 15 yards of catch, I'll take it. I like it, Brad. <laughs> I would have to, I have, that would be some like cojones that I don't have to roll out the <laughs> Ford. Yeah, that's a, but, that's like, a DFS I, I, I know, play, but. Yeah, and I know you're not suggesting like as even a top end play. So on the Giants side, we talked about this on Monday, but we need to bring it back again. This is another one. So we all, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, we were all in agreement that our concern for, was for Darius Slayton with Eli Manning at quarterback, correct? Am I wrong to say that? Yes. I think you had maybe slightly more concern. Uh, but we were all on different levels yes. of concern. I was, but there I, was some I, concern. I, 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 was I wasn't solely because it, I had Eli as a top quarterback. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you it was had a Eli Manning as a top 10 quarterback because you were just like, you're of the, no, no, here's, so I'll bring it up though. And you can definitely talk to that too, Brad is like, so the concern I had was nobody that has like, if you saw Eli Manning play before he got benched, you knew his deep ball was gone. Yeah. And his deep ball was never that good to begin with. And for years, we talk about, could you imagine if he could just connect with Odell Beckham more? Like, he throws those sideline ones, terrific. He's won Super Bowls throwing those sideline line, side mm-hmm. ones. But it's the deep balls. And that's, hey, well, if who's running the deep routes? It's Darius Slayton. The thing that we saw coming out of this game is, like, he hit that sideline one, which was a gem. The other deep ball was kind of like, all right, well, it was a decent deep ball. He did miss Slayton at times, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing is Slayton also had the most targets. And on top of the most targets, Brad, to talk about all this, and I know you were behind Eli last week, but it wasn't just the most targets because Sterling Shepard was right behind him. But the air yards was vastly higher for Darius Slayton. So are we saying going forward, would it be Slayton, Shepard, Tate in order? And I 
in my opinion, that is what it is, and Tate is now irrelevant, in my opinion. Yeah, and and, and to me, the only reason I, I don't want Tate on my team at all, I'm not even sure I would play Shepard, but it's possible that the big question is going to be if, if Evan Ingram comes back, because if Evan Ingram comes back, I don't put Shepard in my lineup. Um, I, I still run Slayton out there because I like the routes he was running um, against Miami. The, so in that league that I told you I got beat out last week, I had actually picked up Daniel Jones and stashed him on my bench for this play be, because I was like, okay, week 15, uh, I get into the playoffs. I want him against the Dolphins because this might be one of those games where he throws, or, you know, or accounts for four touchdowns. That's Eli Manning this week, although he's not going to be able to do it on the run. So I'm going to back it down to three touchdowns. I still think Eli accounts for three touchdowns this week, and I want Slayton in my lineup. If Ingram plays, I want Ingram, and if Ingram doesn't play, then I'll take Shepard. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with all that. Uh, I don't think I'm as bullish on the three touchdowns from from Eli Manning. Um, it was a it was a good game from him. I mean, he was great in the first half. But I don't think they did uh, anything, Jake, at all in the second half. I mean. He may have had like 20 yards of, of offense in the second half, but you know, Slayton's, I'm impressed with Slayton. I think he's interesting in dynasty leagues and keeper leagues. I wonder what the feel is on him. I know he just had a big game, but he, he certainly probably could have been bought, uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know, with some quiet games after a couple big monster performances from him. The Giants are just such a weird, they're just a weird team. I mean, I, I just shut down Evan Ingram. Oh. Like, just shut him down. I mean, if he comes back this week, it's gonna be, a, be gonna be completely annoying. I think if he does come back, I would just encourage people not to shy away from Slayton even still, because there's, there's the potential that Ingram is just, for, for whatever reason, the Giants do weird things. He's active, he's on a pitch count. I don't even, again, I don't know why he would even be, active at this point of the season i mean you're you're fighting for a top pick there's there's really no point of bringing this guy back but well, they almost it, screwed that up last week they really did they really did uh tate i agree tate is completely off my radar don't think i would start sterling Shepard, despite it being miami uh but i'm in on slayton i i do like him and i think he's a red zone option and then i agree with you jake i mean the air yards i really noticed it last week it, you know he was yeah. he had big playability from him and that's the thing. So, so even if you got eight and seven targets again, even if you got eight and eight targets for Shepard and Slayton, the the difference in air yards between the two was so enormous yeah. that it's like you, you every single time you would take Slayton over uh, Shepard just because even if he only catches two to Shepard catching five, he might even still come out with more yards. Uh, by the way, I got an early Christmas present as long as the Giants reporters aren't just teasing with my emotions. Oh. But the early Christmas present seeing that Shermer has a cohort on the hot seat with him and his name is David Gettleman. I might have the best Ooh. Christmas ever if that happens. Ooh. Oh my God. I just, you'll, you'll see. I'll videotape myself running laps around my house or something because I'm just going to be thrilled. Barkley's going to be I, jumping off the walls. <laughs> I, I will say this, you know, pre, preseason, one of the things we talked about is that when they traded Beckham away, the structure of this team was that they had a whole bunch of slot guys and didn't have the deep ball threat. Right. And it looks like they've kind of found it in Darius Slayton. He's the guy that opens up the rest of the offense. When Evan yeah. Ingram comes back, you know, assuming that happens sometime this year, if it does, this is exactly what he needs. He needs a reliable guy on the outside to stretch the field and get the safeties out of the middle. I, I think I think it, it actually has turned into a really great find for them in the fifth round of the draft. I mean, he was a, a compensation pick in the fifth. Yeah, round he too, fell so. into that one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, to- totally. A- I'm not saying I, I'm not saying, and they, and and I will give credit potentially to their coaches for developing him because I don't think anybody thought Slayton was a top end receiver, but he's turned into one really quickly and and a, a really reliable target. If Eli trusts him, then I mean, you just got to think that wh- whoever's quarterback and going forward is going to keep throwing him the ball. Yeah. So yeah, well, except for the fact that Daniel Jones struggles with that pass as much as Eli does, so it'll be interesting to watch and see develop. But hey, maybe 
Well, maybe the new regime will come in real quick and be like, yeah, forget you, Daniel Jones. That was a one-year thing. See ya. I don't think it'll be that bad. But, oh, my God, I'd be so happy. Anyway, we need to move on. Eagles at Redskins. Uh, so, Chris, the Eagles have you starting at wide receiver this week? Man, did uh, you see the reports <laughs> about Jared McCown? Or uh, no. Josh, uh, Josh, sorry? Josh, that, Josh McCown? Yeah, no. Josh. He was prepared to play wide receiver. And it wasn't a joke. It was not a joke. Well, so, well, the thing is, so it sounds that like Nelson Aguilar. Amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. Nelson Aguilar is up in the air. It's no guarantee that he plays. But apparently, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is quote-unquote fine, although he had an injury and then got hurt again in overtime. So, yeah. uh, it, this is And ugly. it's a hamstring, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. This is ugly. You don't trust that. <laughs> but it's the Redskins. So <laughs> here's one similar to what we are talking about before. With the situation where, like, you know, Isaiah Ford, like, Greg Ward. Yes. Is he in starting consideration for you, Chris? <laughs> oh, man. His ownership is 0% in, in Yahoo, and I grabbed him this morning and won. I think he is in consideration because of everything that's happened. I mean, you, you saw when Zacherts caught that touchdown after he was – I forget who interviewed him, but he was talking about how he was playing wide receiver. He was running wide receiver routes, and he was taking some, you know, some plays that it would be Alshon Jeffrey. He was he inserted himself into that role, and and that's crazy to think about. But I mean, honestly, you just look at this team. I mean, Joshua Perkins had five targets, five catches. I mean, this guy hadn't played any snaps. The most common question of the week: Who is Joshua right. Perkins? Is another guy. I mean, he just they're just pulling guys off practice they're running squads. Three and tight ends. <laughs> they were were they were they were running three. Three tight ends. When they needed a touchdown at the end of the game, they had uh, they had Perkins, they had Boston Scott, um, Ertz obviously, and then Greg Ward. I mean, there's just there's just nobody. Alshon is we know Alshon's done for the year. Aguilar, as you mentioned, I mean, this guy he he just can't get on the football field in in you know in spots where they need him really bad. So he obviously is nowhere close to being 100% just to even be active and have a couple snaps on the team. So Greg Ward is a guy that, I don't know, Wentz has just looked at, and he obviously hasn't been on the same page with him, but a couple weeks ago he had seven targets, and then last week he had nine. So against Washington, I mean, again, you have to be really desperate, but I would assume if there's no Aguilar that he's probably going to get another seven to nine targets. So I... I'm going to go contrarian on this, I guess, because I didn't know how you all were going to go when this question was asked. But the Washington Redskins have actually been pretty good against the pass this year. They're getting crushed by running backs. Um, but in fantasy, they're 17th against wide receivers. Like that's, I'm not. I, I if if it was if they were a top five target to go against for wide receivers, then yeah, I'll run Greg Ward out there. But no, like I, they're middle of the pack, and that's not a name I want to trust. With you know when I'm in a, a fantasy semifinal. I, there's got to be somebody else better out there than Greg Ward. Yeah, you would hope so. <laughs> you would hope. I mean, but, hey, look, there's owners that lost Devontae Parker and Mike Evans. And, and Calvin conceivably, Yeah, I was going to say, like, it could be, like, two of those three were on a lot of teams at this point of the, the season, and maybe you lost somebody else on top of it. But, yeah, it's it could be. Hey, look, there's leagues out there. I think Watson, I think Watson and Hearns, those are guys that I – Definitely think are available that are better options. Watson, Hearns, Ward. Yeah. I mean, Russell Gage is still sitting out there in a lot of yeah, leagues Russell at this Gage point. is a good one. Yeah. The problem is he faces the 49ers. Although, let's just jump to that real quick. Just let's talk about it. So uh, this is something I brought up and I said to Pat on his show. And it's going to – it's not so much about Gage. And it's not even so much about uh, Zacchaeus. Is It's about who's healthy. Because if Richard Sherman and Quan Williams are both healthy – 
I don't really like anybody except for Julio Jones. If Quan Williams is out, I like Russell Gage because that's the slot work. If we have Rich Sherman out and he's not available to, you know, go on Julio Jones and you downtick everybody else by relation, I would actually like uh, Zacchaeus over Russell Gage. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it kind of depends on who's playing. Would you agree with that assessment, Chris? Uh, yeah, I would. Um, I mean, Zacchaeus had that with that monster player, right? Um, anyway, yeah. one grab. But yeah, no, I would agree with that assessment too. I think you you need to keep an eye on on the 49ers. I mean, the walkthrough with uh, DVR, Macaro, and Modica, they'll they'll run through that on Saturday. It's a pretty good show um, that you can catch. So yeah, uh, keep an eye on that situation. I I wonder if if San Fran just I'm sure if those guys are healthy, they're going to play them. But I wonder if I know they still have a lot to play for. But I wonder if they just take take a seat this week, anyways. Yeah, and it, I mean, we were talking. You know, would you play Greg Ward? I I would play. Who, what was my guy on the on the Dolphins? That <laughs> doesn't even know Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah Ford. Yeah, I, I keep thinking Moss. Isaiah Moss. He's a he's the player for. KU. Remember so my I knew, guy. I knew, I knew this is right. now your guy. Isaiah Ford is your yeah. guy. I'll, okay, I'll, you can't I'll, remember his name. <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember it after this week. up with the shooting guard for KU. So I <laughs> nice. It's Isaiah Moss, Isaiah Ford, whatever. Isaiah Ford. I would play Isaiah Ford over Greg Ward. I'll say that. Um, that's, that's a scenario where I would play him. Um, but when, you know, when you're looking at the Falcons, I actually, I don't, I wouldn't play Zacchaeus. Um, I would play, if I was that desperate where I had to grab one of these other guys, I would play Russell Gage over, over both these guys, but I would take Justin Hardy over, over Zacchaeus just for the sheer, sheer reason that like I've seen more than one play from him in the past. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's all this guy, he had, he had one play where they basically forgot to cover him. And outside of that, I don't, I don't know that that's the guy Matt Ryan's going to trust. What if you found out his nickname was Sycamore? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Wide receiver too. I mean, what else are you going to call a guy with the last name Zacchaeus? Like it has to be Sycamore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to call him a wee little man, but you know, I think it's, I think enough. it's cooler that his first name is Olamide. Like that's <laughs> extremely unique. So yeah, but no, I, I, I would go Justin order. Hardy if I was that desperate in a super deep league. I don't know that like Justin Hardy gets the snaps. That's my only concern there. I, I don't. I think they're showing that they don't really trust him that much. But hopefully, you don't have to make. Yeah, don't those play decisions. anyone from this <laughs> yeah, team. Really, this really. is really well, desperate. Julio, yeah. So, but, well, let's then let's backtrack to two guys I would play. I would play D.D. Westbrook and Chris Connolly against the Raiders, and I find this funny. And maybe you know you guys can tell me. I would start D.D. over Connolly, Brad. But when I suggest Connolly to a lot of people, people are like, okay, sure, whatever. No, I'm not doing that. Why aren't you doing that? He's been fine. He was actually better with Foles, and you know, it doesn't sound like they're going to switch back. But even so, it's down to Didi and Chris Conley, and they're facing the flipping Raiders. Like, why are people? I would start both of those over any of these random names we just started throwing out since Isaiah Ford. Yeah, outside of Isaiah Ford, I would start Keelan Cole over those other names too. I think there's the Raiders are are awful. They are awful in the secondary, and. I yeah, I give me all three of those guys. I have no problem starting Chris Conley, especially with Chark out. Um assuming that's assuming Chark's out. I mean he's in a walking boot. Like we I haven't gotten yeah, haven't seen anything that says he's out, but I, I can't imagine him playing this week. But if he doesn't play, I, I start all these guys, I have no problem starting Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm there with Cole, but I, I definitely like these guys too. Yeah, I mean the writing was on the wall last week. Just look at last week. Look at the last few weeks, actually. I mean, only Miami has a lot more points than the Raiders in the AFC. I mean, geez, they've just given up so many points, 42, 40, 34 over the last three games, and one game in there against the Jets. So, 
yeah, this is a this is a great matchup, a good bounce back spot if you're in a super flex league. Two quarterbacks, I think you can get by with Minshew, and yeah, all these guys over <laughs> the random scrubs that we've been talking about for the past 15 minutes. Gardner Minshew or Matt Ryan, Chris? Ooh, um, you know what? I might go with Minshew there. Yeah, me too, Brad. Yeah, I've got Minshew as the number 11 this week, and so really, I no who's who's immediately yeah, behind him? Uh, let me pull that up real quick. Immediately yeah, behind him, be Baker high. Mayfield. Okay, and who else? Uh, Jared Goff, okay. Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd play Garoppolo over him, but okay. So no, I had I, sorry, I had Garoppolo right in front of him. So okay. right in front of Minshew. So and then Goff, Cousins, Wentz, Brady, Trubisky. How's you going, Fitzpatrick? I, I know. I feel like. Oh wait. So I got Minshew at eighteen. Even... So I don't. I mean. I got a few guys ahead of him. Yeah, I feel like Minshew feels more like you're mentioning like somebody at like 12. What'd you say he was? I have him at 18. 11? He's Not you. At 11. Oh, 11. Okay, okay. Never mind. Yeah. All right, I got you. But I've got him All as right. a QB1, and I, I have Matt Ryan at 13. So, would you go? Hey, this is your team. Would you go Wentz over Minshew, Chris? Uh, I don't think I would. No. <laughs> um, Aguilar honestly I, would, I would have to play. The, for <laughs> for all intents and purposes here. Like the you, Brad, you're 100% right that the Redskins aren't a walkover secondary, but neither are the Giants. The Giants are terrible, but they're I would put them kind of in the same conversation as the Redskins. Like you could have a game where somebody might throw 400 yards, but if Jenkins plays well and they bracket some people, they've limited teams similar. Like I think, like I said, I'm putting the Giants and the Redskins secondaries in the same conversation, mm-hmm. and I only bring that up to go back to you, Chris, before Brad jumps in. Is like Carson Wentz. With what we were just talking about, Joshua Perkins running as his number two wide receiver, and Greg Ward as his number one with 13 tight ends on the field, still put up 300 yards and two touchdowns. Like I just kind of feel like I'm going to trust Carson Wentz. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, uh, especially like Minshew, how brutal he looked last week. Um, but again, I mean, it was really, really bad in the first half of that game. Um, they, they certainly turned things around. I think a lot of it had to do with the run game with Boston Scott. So I think that they just lean on the run a little bit here in this matchup. But, I mean... The the biggest thing is that Wentz has Ertz, <laughs> and and Ertz can do enough to to make Wentz a QB one. But um, yeah, I, I just don't feel totally all that great about it because there just there hasn't been a lot of separation from these guys that they're throwing out there. So hmm. I I I know Wentz Wentz's line ended up that way, but. Literally until the last drive of regulation, he was sitting on 200 passing yards with no touchdowns. And I know. It was, it was, it was just the last two drives that changed everything. And so I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't care what his final line ended, ended up looking like. I, I, I don't like it this week. Okay. That's certainly fair. I mean, like, yeah, that's why we bring up the questions with opinions on this show. All right. So. Cleveland and Arizona has covered a lot of that. Don't need to cover more from there. Vikings at Chargers. Look, you're starting everybody there. Uh, I guess the only question in this game would be what's your 12 days of Christmas confidence level, Chris? 
and Adam Thielen, if he does play in his first game back in his Chargers secondary, <laughs> that has actually been playing really good over the past really couple good. weeks. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough question. I think um, he just needs to probably sit on your bench. Honestly, yikes! I mean, that's um, I know you drafted him, you want to play him. If he's active, you just assume that he's he's full go. But um, you know, he's suffered a setback throughout this little stint, so it's possible that he suffers another one again. I don't really want to take a zero from Adam Thielen um, in my lineup, so. I, I have him as like a wide receiver three if he's active, but I think there's other guys out there that you could play ahead of him. Maybe that's too. Yeah, harsh. I mean this, this, this guy—he's missed basically what seven seven plus weeks with the hamstring. If you count the the week against the Chiefs, where right? He, which which suggests they're not going to play him unless he's definitely ready. Right. Right. That and and that's that to me is the one thing that is a positive. But the fact that it's it's taking this long. I think there's a, the only reason they haven't shut him down right now is because they are hoping he's back for the playoffs. I don't think that they're, they're gonna, like you said, they're, if he's active, it's still not a good I have a 21 if he's active. And and see, I, I would, I would have to have him, I I gotta look and see you, but I would have to have him in the 30s, I think. Um, let me see. I put him at 21 out of respect of it's the bad matchup first game back and also (laughs) understanding Ed Thielen's a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah. Right. I've got him at 38. On the week, and granted that that can change, but that's all the guys ahead of him. I'm okay with with playing over him, you know, knowing number one it's a bad matchup. Number two, I just don't. I I mentioned this a week or two ago. When he is coming back, I'm not putting him in my lineup first because I need to see that he's not going to go out there, run one play, get one target, and then be off the field the rest of the game because he re-injures it. Adam Thielen or Odell Beckham? Beckham gets the Cardinals. Thielen. Beckham. <laughs> yeah, I think I played Beckham too. Uh, Thielen. Oh no, Beckham done nothing. He's actually, he's legitimately playing through an injury. He's not even coming back from one. He's just waiting until the shoe, dro- shoe drops and then he's done at this point. He's probably he's gonna get Patrick Peterson this week. Yeah, he's probably he's gonna, gonna get Patrick Peterson on a half of a groin. So let's, you know, I just, I can't do it. I don't, I'm just, you, you, look, I, I'm not saying you, you guys are wrong. Uh, Rams at Cowboys. Well, like to me, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what every show is about. Yeah. Rams at Cowboys. We don't, look, if you need help covering this game, I, I don't know how Play to help everybody. you in fantasy because there's nothing here to say. The only question is if, if Gerald Everett comes back, ding Tyler Higby. That's really all we're thinking Hopefully about. Hopefully this, this doesn't come back, man, because Higby's been awesome. Picked him up for the Arizona game. You've, you probably, well, we're going to get to that him. in a second. Yeah. We're going to get like a similar scenario in a second here. So, Falcons at 49ers. We talked about the Falcons. You know about the 49ers. You look, it's, we've at length talked about the Mostert situation on Monday. You roll Mostert out there if you want to. I am as scared as you are. I still have Mostert inside my top 20 this week because I can't ignore what's been happening. We've all talked about it on the show. We know what Shanahan can do to you. Your choice if you want to live with it or not. So the last one, and this is what I wanted to especially specifically talk about, the Bills at the Steelers. James Conner is Sunday night football. Hopefully we get an answer by Friday. We might not. Do not go into that game without a backup plan. But here's the question I have. Let's say we get the answer, Chris. James Conner's first game back, similar to like if Adam Thielen plays, is against the Bills. Do you roll him out there? Oh man, I think so. <laughs> I think I would, I think I would take the, the risk and roll him out there. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that's just, that would be on me. I'd, I'd feel pretty bad at telling somebody to go play James Conner on Sunday night and then him not be active. I think we'll get a really good feel, honestly, on, on Thursday and Friday. Mike Tomlin says he expects him to practice this week. So I think if he can get a, a full practice in on a Thursday and a Friday, then I think that's good news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have, I won't have him ranked as, like a top 15 running back with confidence. Like he's going to be more in that mid 20 range because there is that fear. I mean, a few weeks ago he came and he played against Cleveland and he only touched the ball five or six times and he wasn't a hundred percent and said he re-aggravated the, the shoulder injury. So, I mean, that's, that's very possible. We can get in that situation again, but uh, I think he actually comes back and he plays this week. I'm not rolling him out there. And even if, <clears throat> even if he's not, I'm not running Benny Snell out there either. Um, I would I, agree with that. Oh, I don't definitely, definitely yeah, Salem, Jalen Samuels. Like, I, <laughs> no, no, no chance. Yeah, yet, I don't. So. I don't want anything to do with this backfield. I like they couldn't hardly do anything against Arizona. They're definitely not doing anything against the Bills, and the Bills have a lot to play for right now. Like they le- have a legitimate chance to catch New England um, by playing them in Week 16, and so I, I think there's a there's a chance that um, that you see the best of the Bills the next three weeks. I would play DeAndre Washington over James Conner, for example. Oh, for sure. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Patrick Laird. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Assuming Jacobs doesn't play. Yeah. Assuming Jacobs doesn't play. Well, so and that's the thing. Yes, is like, yes, if yes. we get. Oh wait, you said over with James Conner, Patrick Laird over James Conner. I, I think I would in a full point. I think I would. It's close, but I think I would do that. Oof. I don't think I'd go that quite far. It's just, I know. I know what the Steelers are going to do. What they use James Conner, and I, we would assume after what happened last time that he's not coming back unless he's not going to potentially aggravate the injury again. But right. you know. It's if you certainly want to do that, that's certainly fair. And biggest thing again, I go back to it's the eight o'clock game. If you have something like Le'Veon Bell, you just mentioned Patrick Laird, all these type of guys. If you can't, if you have no other options, if James Conner sits out, then just go play those guys. I mean, we're not telling you to go play Ty Johnson, but you know, <laughs> go play those other guys. The final game was the Colts and the Saints, but this is another one. I feel like. Well, we already talked about Marlon Mack. Is there really – I guess – oh, here – yeah, there is one question I can ask you guys out of this game, and then we'll close it out with this game. Is Zach Pascal, he is the number one option. We've talked about it many times, the you know the ability to be a number one. But here's the good news that I brought up in the waiver column, and I included him as a sleeper, Chris, because it's not so much, oh, my God, I don't know who Zach Pascal is, but people are tentative. People are seeing the Saints. People are like, oh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore. Here's the good news I'll give you for – Zach Pascal. He spends 33% of his time, about a third of the time, exactly, in the slot. And Marshall Lattimore doesn't really go there. And Marcus Johnson spends barely any time in the slot. So we can get Pascal away from Marshall Lattimore to do enough if the volume's going to be there with almost 20 targets in the past two games that I think you can roll out Zach Pascal there in week 15. Yeah, I think you can too. Um yeah, I played uh, Marcus Johnson last week. I agree with you. That was just uh, – I, I wouldn't go back uh, down that well again. Uh, I think he could definitely see some Lattimore. But, yeah, I would play Pascal. The targets have been there. The volume has been there. He's finding the end zone lately. He had the touchdown of the two-point convo, so I agree. And I just wanted to say, like, maybe if you are a Connor owner and you are going to risk that out, if, if potentially, like, Naheem Hines or Latavius Murray's hanging around, I mean, just have those guys maybe on, on backup just so you don't take the zero if you are going to play that risky game. Yeah, that's still mediocre performances, oh, though. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm good playing Marcus Johnson this week over, you know, at least over some of those names, the the Greg Ward-type names that we talked about earlier. <laughs> I, I mean, he got seven targets last week, and, and now Paris Campbell's out, who had five targets last week. Those numbers are gone. Hilton's still not there. 
they don't really have anybody else. I mean, it's they're going to be running Mo Alley Cox out there, <clears throat> you know, to to get some two tight end sets and give some relief to Doyle. Like I, I think there's a lot of options there because they're going to. There's no question they will have to pass to keep up in this game. I've, I think Saints just put up 46 on the Niners. They're going to score on the Colts. We've we've set a record here for the most zero percent. Owned wideouts that we've ever talked about. <laughs> ever. Welcome um, to 2019. Absolutely. Uh, Marcus well, Johnson or Isaiah happened. Ford? Uh, neither. Isaiah Ford. <laughs> nice. <laughs> neither. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, you could be in these situations. So, I mean, I think if you're listening at this point, you probably are in some deep leagues. <laughs> and hopefully we'll uh, give you some flyers. Uh, uh, I, yeah. No, don't want to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I can't, I can't make that decision. But uh, anyway, what you can make the decision of is, hey, look at that. Follow Chris at Chris Meany. Follow Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. And I'm at All in Kid and come back next week. And by the way, Amazon people tell your guys when they drive and drop off packages to read the giant sign that says, please do not r- knock our ring for everybody that heard the knocking in the background. Like, apparently they can't read. Help them out with that. <laughs> and, uh, read all the good stuff at theathletic.com slash the throwback, 40% off, and you can read all that stuff. You see how I tied it all together? Good luck, everybody. We'll be back on Monday, hopefully, listening to talking to you. Well, no, you guys will be listening to talking about Week 16 and Championship Talk. Mm-hmm.